This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to She Podcast. I'm Jessica Kupferman. With me as always, the ethereal Elsie Escobar. <laughs> and hello, Jessica Kupferman. Very sharp producer, John Buchanan. How are you, Elsie? I'm peachy. I'm peachy. peachy? Why does, where, yeah, where did that even come from? Like, I'm peachy. Georgia peaches? I'm, I don't know. So what does that mean? It, it means I'm what? Ripe? It means you're peachy keen. <laughs> It could mean you're really, right. You don't know. No, it means. But you're I peachy always keen. say it. Peachy nice keen jelly sweet. bean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. We might have to look that up. Not now. Entomology <laughs> of the phrase peachy keen. Oh, you know I'm already there. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jessica is the queen the of googling while you oh podcast. The adjective yes, Peachy King was popularized and probably invented by L.A. DJ Jim Hawthorne around 1948. Uh, he was a young Pasadena disc jockey, used to be bored with his job. Sometimes he would sign off with a sneer. This is KXLA, the 10,000-watt jukebox. Um, one night without notifying his bosses, Hawthorne suddenly turned the show into a carefully wit-loose hell's a-poppin' on the air. Oh. Next day, before the station had time to fire him, the place was snowed under with fan mail. By last week, the Scatty Boo Platter session was being broadcast over five Southern California stations. Net, the net-to-net coast work of the oh-so-peachy-keen broadcast company. Both ABC and Mutual were dickering for national network rights. Hawthorne's salary went from $85 to four fifty a week. Whoa! Are we bored yet? Yes. I know. What? So, yeah, he used but to what does that have to do peachy with peachy, keen. though? It was a made-up term. He- he just made it up because he, just, he was like, he used to say keen and peach keen. Peach keen, jelly bean. It's just a DJ. It's just DJ nonsense. It's DJ nonsense. Yep. Well, peachy came from 1900, meaning excellent, okay. wonderful, great, or neat. The, the this president's political health is peachy. There you go. Since 1900, people have been saying it's peachy. You know, peaches are round and kind of pleasant looking. A little fuzzy. You Great. think you're peachy keen, squeaky clean. All those things. That's how I am. That is what I am right now. You are peachy keen. Round and fuzzy. Well. Warm, fuzzy, sweet, <laughs> and ripe. All those things. <laughs> well, how about this? Why don't we do a shout out for our extra immersive She Podcast team member, Emily Prokov, because then she can just do an episode of A Story Behind, unless she already has and we didn't even know it, but she can dive into that because she would probably do a better job at describing where peachy came from you know what my favorite one that she does is the the story behind the hoodie was my favorite <gasps> no way yeah you got to go back to the i back have catalog. got to listen to that yep was it to All right well avoid the elements i don't remember to be honest with you, you know my memory <laughs> was it to <laughs> cover your face so that you could do crime and no one would notice still don't remember stop asking me questions <laughs> 
Was it so? I'm just kidding. Stop. <laughs> oh my god. All right. All right. So, but so what? What? What do we start with here? Shall we start with some news? Do it. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Dun dun dun. Ready oh my God. So I'm going to start with these, the big news about uh, the road firmware update. And I'm only saying that because there's so many people that have wanted this. So this is for the Rodecaster Pro, which I do have. And my girls have already recorded a little episode on the Rodecaster Pro, actually was kind of cool. Um, I have not listened to it yet, so I can't really tell you <laughs> what it sounds like, but I, I, we might in a future episode play a little bit of their show for you so that you hear what it sounded like inside of the Roadcaster Pro. So the Roadcaster Pro, in the past we've talked about it, it's this like sort of large, how would you say it, uh, audio interface plus mixer plus digital recorder all in one. John, would you think that that's a, a good way to kind of put it together? That that's what it is right now for me. As uh, I, I haven't had one to play with, and I'm I'm just I just don't have the extra money to go pop and buy one of these things. I want to buy one so bad, but right now that is the ultimate podcasting uh, mixer in a box. Yeah, in a box, it does it all. It, it mix. The only thing it didn't do was record separate tracks into the SD card. It it made that's right. it separate tracks into an audio interface that you could record in a computer. But what it didn't do was it has a little SD card in there and it did not record in the separate tracks into the SD card. Now it does. Right. Ah. Now it does because I know it's really cool. So they have just released a, a firmware update to that device. And all you really have to do if you already have it is update the firmware. And boom, there you have it. So now you can actually take the device itself minus the computer. So let's pretend you don't want the computer around. You really are just like in a in a room with your people that you want to record. And you kind of just want to sit there and have a conversation. You can record an entire show with jingles, with audio feedback, with up to four people on microphone. You can even have somebody calling in via cell phone all in one box and you can just press record and you could do the entire thing there. And now the bonus is that you'll be able to in post be able to um, do some editing for people's tracks if they're not what you think that they need to be in order to get this best sound. Now, the other interesting thing about this too is that um, it has a, a built-in gate. So if you are, like if anybody is peaking, it, it's not going to allow you to be very, very loud. So it'll kind of like take care of all of those things, which I thought was like, oh, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Um, and the other thing that you can do too is that you can add compression to each track. So let's say, you know, my voice and Jess's voice are completely different. You can actually pick, uh, depending upon the microphone that's being used and the person's voice as to what to do with that specific track, literally with little buttons. So it's very, it's a very exciting tool. Now it seems to be kind of perfect. And I feel that this is possibly one of the best choices for those who have a little bit of extra cash. Cause I think we discussed this in the past. If you can, you could probably set this up for about a thousand dollars. Am I right, John? Yes. Like once you buy the, you buy the machine, 
you buy uh, corresponding microphones, maybe like a couple of Samsung Q2Us on sale for $40. Um, what else would you need? You need to get a card. You need to get it. The micro as a USB card does not come with it. So you have to buy that. Uh, and you do have to make sure that uh, those people that are using headphones, because there are everybody has individual headphone jacks in the device as well, so they can monitor themselves. But they do require the larger I'm not even sure what the technical, I don't know technical names for these things, but like in the, with the headphones, you need the the headphones with the really thick knob thing that you, you know, not the skinny one, not the one quarter inch. I think that that's what they're called, but the, the real fat ones. Right. So the, the, you know the thin saying? one, the small one is an eighth inch and you you need a quarter inch. Okay, so, one so you could go to okay, Amazon, you could go to Amazon and get a one eighth, a quarter inch adapter for your headphones. If you had, you know, eighth inch adapters. Uh, I don't so need to be what, awkward, but I'll be right back. I just have to pee, and I'm not. Yeah. I can't okay. participate in this anyway. All right, all right. <laughs> and you know what? You also, with, now I'm going to leave that in yeah. there, and I'll tell you why. Because on there, okay. there is a little thing that you can have like a marker. So when Jess says has to pee, uh, you hit a little marker, mm. and then you could go back and edit that out. But I'm not going to edit that out this time because I, I don't have that. I record into uh, Adobe Audition, <laughs> but I also left a little marker to, so I knew where that was. Now, the thing right. about it, when you were talking about the different channels and the different things that you can use the uh, processing. So with Elsie, Elsie has a, a lot of sibilance in her voice. So what I do with Elsie is I use a de-esser on her voice. Jess mm. has this big, giant, boomy voice, and she's all over the mic. She's in, she's out, she's up, she's down. So Jess needs a lot of compression on her. So if you had this road, it would, it's actually makes it a lot easier for the editor afterwards they don't have to do a lot of processing because a lot of the processing is done. Also, the gate. Yep. What's nice about the gate is if you have a noisy room, you can set the gate. And then when no one's talking, then it the, the takes a lot of the, the, the room noise out of there. But when the mic's open, you will, do, you will hear the room noise. But if you have, uh, you know, like I said, when you're talking to mic, you won't notice as much. So it is, it's great. It has compression. I would put compression on Jess's voice. I would use the de-esser on your voice. Elsie, but because you have a full voice, I really wouldn't put much compression on your voice. So it's things like uh -huh. that that it does that you can set up, especially if you have the same co-host every time. It does take a lot of the guesswork out of it afterwards in, in post. It's nice. It's I, I want to get my hands on. I might have to sell something like a child. I have five. I might have to sell a child. Like a Just child. kidding. I might have to sell <laughs> something and get one of these. Well, you have, don't you have something that you're not using? I do. You know, it's, but see, then I feel like a fraud. See, this is what I can't do. I have the Zoom L12 that I bought uh -huh. and I wasn't real. It, what happened was I changed things here. I changed the way I record because I wanted to record other podcasters. Like if two podcasters, if, if a podcaster came to me and said, hey, listen, I have no way of recording somebody on a phone call. Could you record this? I would take that person and I would record them, have them record their, their own audio and then I would bring in, uh, I would call the person that they wanted to interview, and I would record both of them. They would send me the audio, and I would sync them up and put them together, and they would have it. So I wanted to do that. I couldn't do that with the L12. So then what I did was I went out and bought the Mackie 1642 mixer, and I could do everything with that. But this Rode Procaster, i tell you what, if they would have came out with that a year ago, it probably would have saved me $1,500 because I could have still yeah. done all that with that mixer. So it's a right. it's a nice piece of equipment and I will I am going to end up getting one. 
I know I will. Okay, so now let me give you a little bit of a, a heads up as to what I have been hearing from, I think, from higher end producers, which I consider you to be one as well, is that this is a device that will up-level people who are um, really, not, I can't say struggling, but that have possibly less education around audio production and that they essentially want the easiest way to get the optimal quality in getting a product out that that is really about having more than one voice on the show, okay? Including having, you know, the, the cell phone calls coming in and all that stuff. Um, what it's not really great for is for the type of producer that really wants granular uh, post-production and that are very into details when it comes to people's voices and whatnot. So maybe somebody like me who has enough education around it, but don't mess around, right? It's like, I just want to get the best input as, as I possibly can in here. I know how to use my voice. I know how to use a microphone. I know what I need to do. And then therefore it's going to sound great. But if let's say we have a lot of nuance to everybody's voices and, you know, we kind of want an even, in quote, more control over the way that it sounds. This isn't going to give it to you because it's got a limited range of the type of compression that can be done for every track. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And then here's the other thing, too. If you're, you know, you have this mixer and you're using it at, at your place and then you have a code yeah. like, OK, let's say you and Rob. All right. Rob records. Yes locally this mixer is not going to do anything for his voice none of those processes are going to work on his because he sends you his track and then you that's right sync it up and then that's how and that so it's not going to do anything but it's only going to work if you're in the same room with a mic plugged into that mixer that's the only way these effects effects work there's a lot of audio engineers out there that take their voice and they they process it and they do this and they do that to it and again it sounds amazing if you put a set of headphones on and you're listening to it like you would listen to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album. But most of the time, <laughs> we're listening to podcasts right. on our phone or in our car. And a lot of us, myself included, you know, we're older and our hearing has been damaged by life. So we don't really get those little nuances. So a lot of times people put that in there for their own personal whatever. But is it needed? Right. Well, I Sometimes I think... There's a certain level that if once you go above that level, nobody really notices it, except the people that are really into audio. And that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. So we just wanted to let you guys know that. If you have any other further questions, send in some audio feedback, feedback at ShePodcasts.com, and we will see if we can get you some information about it. And again, I'm going to see if I can share a little of the recording that my girls did. And one of the reasons that I want to do that is because... I essentially put the device in front of them and closed the door and left. You know, I, I set them up. And so part of what I find this appealing about this is that it also provides a tool for younger people or people who haven't really seen devices like this, like th that have all the knobs and stuff. And it's done in a way that feels more accessible. And they immediately kind of understood what to do with it, particularly because there's a very large button that says rec, 
and it changes color <laughs> when you press it. So it's like, obvious. you know, there's all of these like things that are very obvious. So for uh, recording and not recording and whatnot. So that's going to be really nice because I, again, I wasn't monitoring them to do it. So it would be really neat to hear what that recording la- sounded like for somebody who, who doesn't really know much uh, when it comes to just having their microphones in front of them. So I'll probably, sh- how about that? I'll share it for next week. How about that? I'll hear it and see if there's anything in there that we can put on the show so that we can have a little audio. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Is Jess back? Did she finish or is she still I'm back. The- I'm back. Did I finish? Don't worry about me, honey. All right. Well, good. So I think that this is actually going to affect us a lot. And I would like you to maybe lead into this conversation about Facebook. Yes. So... April 30th, 2019, there were some really big announcements to Facebook, and it looks pretty cool, actually. I was kind of hoping you would want to talk about this even before you sent that video this morning, Elsie, because I saw an article this morning, Matt Passy had posted in a podcast about the changes, and I thought, I wonder if this is the catalyst that Elsie needs to come on back to Facebook. Hmm. So first of all, they're doing an entire mobile redesign, which is going to roll out immediately on iOS and Android. I don't know that I've seen the immediate change yet. First of all, it's not even blue anymore. So let's just start there. We don't even recognize our own Facebook app. It's going to be completely white. I actually see the old one. Do you still see the old one too? I have removed the Facebook app off of my phone and I am probably not going to add it back. No, but what about on desktop? Oh, you don't use it on desktop ever? That's the only place I use it is on Okay, well, so apparently it's going to not be blue anymore. All right. And then it's also working on a desktop redesign. Oh, that's not going to be for a couple of months. Okay. Um, There's a new feature called Meet New Friends where you can connect with people that have shared interests or similar groups, schools, whatever. Big emphasis on helping you find stuff to do through events. In the earliest stages of redefining the type of company it wants to be. And so Mark's pledge is to transition it into privacy-focused communications platform. So they made a really big deal about messages and private messages in the Instagram feature, close friends, and how they're going to try and implement that everywhere. They, they said they want Messenger to be the number one way that you communicate with your, with everyone. To me, what would help with that would be if we went old school, like AOL, instant messenger used to be where you could have a desktop app that would hold your Instagram, your Facebook, your texts, like everything was in one place. I think it was before we had cell phones or at least before we could text in the same capacity that we can now. But like, I always had that shit up always. And there were certain people that I would text all day long every day and certain people that would, you know, message me for work and it was all in one place and it was beautiful. Currently, the management of Facebook page messages and Facebook group messages and Facebook personal messages and Instagram and texting, like it's a lot. It's a lot for me and I was just like one effing place to do it. So if they can figure that out or at least, you know, go back to the way it was, I would be very happy. I mean, a huge emphasis on groups, which is probably the reason why you wanted to discuss this. Groups are going to be front and center and a cornerstone of how Facebook wants users to think of the app. While events is getting a fresh coat of paint, it's the groups. There's tens of millions of active groups on Facebook. When people find the right one, it becomes often the most meaningful part of how they use Facebook. 
Today, more than 400 million people on Facebook belong to a group they find meaningful. With this in mind, we're rolling out a fresh new design for Facebook that's simpler and puts your community center. That's actually rather, I mean, forget the fact that like our business is, is based on a group. Like as far as the groups I belong in, that's actually quite nice because I mean, there's groups that I don't see anymore simply because I just don't go in them as much. There's grief support groups that I literally joined and then never saw again. There's school, you know, I'm in a group for my kids' school that I probably could, you know, there's North Wilmington Moms, which I could probably participate more in or less depending on, you know, how much they're annoying. But like, it's kind of nice because really groups are the reason why most of the people I know come to Facebook. I just want to add one more thing right. that is not relevant that I saw on the video you sent me today. I noticed that they did a whole section of, you know, in, within a couple of years, they want to be the no- uh, online number one champion for bullying, for online bullying. And as he was talking about how you can nudge people if they're being mean to you or quietly report them, I thought, why? Why are you saying this out loud? Every teenager who heard that just defected to a different social medium. <laughs> as soon as you know that that you're going to be involved in an anti-bullying campaign, every teenager, whether they are a bully or a, a victim of bullying, they can't be on there anymore because you look like a wimp. By the time they're the world's number one champion for online bullying, there will be no teenagers on Facebook. He just signed that. <laughs> he just signed the death certificate for teenage use, and it was already declining big time. Most teenagers are on Facebook or Snapchat. I mean, uh, Insta or Snapchat. And I know this isn't relevant to this conversation, but I did think it was interesting that they, uh, you know, as he was talking about it, I was like, shh, shh, shh. Don't say this out loud. This should be a secret that you only tell adults. What are you doing? Uh, you know I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I yeah. Teenagers already don't like Facebook because their parents are there. Now you're going to make it so they can rat out bullies? No, negatory, bad idea. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling that. That's really going to be the reason they defect anyway. You know the the reason that they're not there is because it doesn't give the functionality that things like Insta and Snapchat give. Like that gives a completely different type of functionality. Like the way in which people consume it is different. And the reason that I find this to be interesting is that there is this, obviously this entire thing. And I have to say though, Jess, because the first, while I was watching all of this stuff, it seems very interesting, but way deep inside, (laughs) I, way deep inside. I'm not sh- way deep inside. I don't see this as a, as something that's coming from the perspective of championing privacy, and more from the perspective of how can we survive all the negative Definitely. press that we've been getting. But listen, you know, listen. I would rather them change to survive than st- than continue to be dicks. That's anybody. No, 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 no. But th- that's the what I'm saying. They're they're putting this out front, but underneath is the reality of what's happening. And so part of this stuff is that they're going, why are people, you know, because everybody's leaving and most people says, and I'm sure they read this, 
most people are saying the only reason I'm on Facebook is because of the groups. And so they're like, oh, my God, we have to do something most about people these we groups. know. Most people we know. And so part of this is that they started to develop all this functionality, which is great. You know, all of the really it's really nice. They're front and center. I think that that's awesome. Great. That said, something that Kara Swisher often talks about, and she heard also on Twitter, is that you always have to look at the Black Mirror episode of anything that's being created in tech. So as good and as great and positive as some of this stuff might be, what is the ultimate most horrible thing that could happen with this functionality. Like what you have to go there. You cannot just see the good. You have to see what the opposite is. And for me, especially with the fact that now there's we have over 12,000 women on she podcasts. There's a lot of people now that are going to see the group even more because it's going to be front and center for a lot of people. They're going to see like, oh, so and so is in she podcast. I wonder what that is. I want to join too, which is why the group has grown so much. It's really grown this much because of Facebook. It's in their faces all the time. And so in what way is that going to affect what we're doing? Also, there's also going to be private messaging within the groups, like group chat to continue conversations. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's that going to be like? And are we responsible for that conversation? Like not for the conversation, but like is there going to way to, I mean, what do we do as admins for that? Like, is that sort of like everybody's here? And what if there's a conversation behind closed doors that goes south? Who's like, what's this protocol? I'm just putting this out there because I don't know. So there's that aspect of it as well. There's also the, the possibility of people coming into the group that aren't really good for the group or that they they don't really know what it is. They're just joining it because it's in their face and most people are in it. And they're like, oh, I just want to go in there. And so there might be more of that as well. Also, it feels to me like the way that they were like saying the same thing about privacy over and over and over again, I just was like, holy crap, man. I'm just, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that they're going to be able to get gain more information on that, more being able to call more people's behavior. And because now you can see so-and-so is in said group. We talked about this before. Do you remember that when I, when I removed that lady, when I looked at her groups that she belonged to, and I was like, oh, I don't want her in the group. So now we're essentially giving ourselves away by showing other people the groups that we belong to. And that starts to create a certain profile of who we are. So anyway, I was just thinking about these things as well. Even and yeah, there's a couple of things I like. Like Messenger now has a, it's going to have a desktop app because I'm not adding a Messenger on my phone. I'm not re-adding it. I'm not re-adding Facebook or Messenger on my phone. It's not going to happen. But I do like the fact that there is going to be a desktop app for Messenger, which will further help me not go on Facebook when I don't need to be there. Yeah, so, I thought you would like that. Yeah. So that was cool. And I know that there are, have been some people that are not happy with the um, the way that they are going to be moving Messenger to clump WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger messages, private messages all together into oh my one God, why it's the dream like hub. it's the dream see it's funny to listen to you because jessica's like oh this is great and elsie's like this is horrible so except and, that elsie's default reaction to most things is oh shit it's gonna be terrible 
So like, well, it's I not don't... that. It's like it's the nefarious aspect of it. You cannot not see the negative consequences to this. You know what I mean? Like that's no. what I'm afraid of. In what way can this be manipulated? Because historically, it's already been happening. We cannot say, "Oh yay!" without seeing what what are the paradigms here? What if somebody wants to be private and they say, oh, this is an opt-in. But for a lot of these things, it's not an opt-in. You know what would be really great for me? If I was able to download the Facebook app on my phone and say, I want to make all of this functionality go away. And I only want to opt in to seeing groups the end. I don't want to watch movies with my friends. With my friends. I don't want to see anything of the other little things that they've added to the mix here. I just want to stick to what I want to do so that I can optimize my engagement there. But what they are doing right now is to make it all the things. You can shop there. You can get paid there. You can, what are the other things that they were saying? The mental health things like that they were optimizing all of these things so that you go in there, you never leave. It's all, everything is in, on Facebook, everything. All right, but that doesn't mean I mean, they can't control you, though, right? But the point is what that do you mean they can't control you. They're m- taking efforts to make at least what we do online and what podcasters do online easier and better. Isn't that enough? Or no, maybe not. <laughs> I like the way that she's saying. That. Honestly, if man makes it, man can <laughs> manipulate it, and that means anything. And again, anything that can be used for good can be used for evil. So exactly, and you have to you have yeah. to see it. I have All to right, see the other side. Don't jump down his throat. We sure. know that. I know that. Well, I'm just that. saying it's like you could take a hammer and build a house. You could take a hammer and kill somebody. I mean, it depends on what you're going to do with the tool. If you want to use it for good, you'll use it for good. If you want to use it for evil, you're going to use it for evil. It's human nature. But I honestly, I think what happened was Facebook. They've only been around for I don't know how long. It's not even been 15 years yet, really. They made a platform that has changed the world. I think they're going to try to get the privacy under control. Again, the group thing, that's great. You have a great podcasting group, but then you can have people that find each other that aren't so great, and they'll be able to learn from each other, and that's not so good. But again, it's mm-hmm. it's a balance. So what thing we'll on this earth does listen, you've just described everything in the world. Even exactly. podcasting has been used for evil. Exactly. I mean, what, that's not a reason to fear everything, though. You can still be happy. It's that- not about it. Well, yeah, it's I don't think it's about fear. It's about being able to Dread go that. into it eyes wide open, you know, to not be like it's let's all put it on Facebook. Let's just do it like it and to not be aware of what your digital footprint is doing. You know, any single time that I interact with anybody or anything on Instagram or on Facebook, it is being optimized to gather information about me. The end. And so it's already creating a profile. I don't particularly like that. You know, especially with the in, in the times that we have right now when it comes to when you're standing up for yourself or w- w- what your political leanings or things that you are into that may necessarily not seem to be, I don't know, good for the world or I don't know, like people don't like this kind of stuff or something like that. And I just don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know. That's all. All I'm saying is that I also would like the option to... Not like, okay, I was just talking to Evo Terra about this, 
Um, and he was very excited by it. And we had a, a very short discussion about this. And Evo Terra is, is a long, uh, standing, uh, podcasting pioneer. He's an OG podcaster. He wrote the book, Podcasting for Dummies, way back in the day, which I read to learn how to podcast. So anyway, he's really great. He's a great guy and he's got his own podcast. But given that we were just talking about it. And one of the things that I said to him is that currently my desire is to engage in Facebook groups and my Facebook groups as my page, you know, and I think I've talked to, to you about this. I want to engage like as Elsie Escobar, the page, the official page. I want everybody to engage with me in that page. I don't want to have or interact with people personally on Facebook, like at all. I just want to be there as a business entity and be, you know, totally accessible via messengers, uh, private message on my page and all of that stuff. That said, the algorithm is skewed on Facebook to really only show on people's feeds when you post as a profile. If you post as a page, you have to have somebody like your page. And I have, I don't have very many likes on my page. I have like maybe a little bit over 300. Why? Because I started the page last year. And two, because I don't tell people to like it, like I don't share it. You know what I mean? I'm just like, there it is, because I wanted it. Finally, it hit me. And so I have a lot more people that are friends, you know, that have been around for so long that are, that's what I did before. So it's already skewed towards me being forced to be present as a profile versus as a page. I don't have a choice other than to keep promoting people and begging people to like my page. Why? Because I want you to see me on your feed. That seems very not cool. Mm -hmm. Does that in any way like make you go like, yeah, you know, why does she need to be there as a human, <laughs> as a person? Maybe the good thing is there's going to be some of us that are going to embrace this, adopt it, jump in there and play with it. And then, Elsie, you're not comfortable, so you can stay away from it. And then after a while, you can be watching. And then if it becomes more palatable to you, then you would just jump in. So yeah, I think they're trying. Right. I think they're trying. Yes. All right. I would let you guys love them, and then I will be the dissenter. How about that? All right. Sounds I'm good. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's but do anyway, that. is there anything else that we more that we need to talk about when it comes to Facebook and um, all the stuff that they're doing to uh, change the world? I think we've uh, I think we beat this one to death. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> to death. I think to the pain. To death. To death. So Jess, we have a new free podcasting service. Podcast Startup Red Circle launched this week with focus on helping small shows grow. First step, releasing a feature that assists podcasters in cross promotion. So I guess that means that they're going to have a little database or messaging, it looks like, where similar shows to yours, <laughs> you'll be prompted to ask if they want to do a little trade ski, which is kind of a nice idea because I have heard, maybe it was from John, that when you cross promote, you guys, it does help get more listeners. So that's a nice thing. I've not tried it. Have you tried it? Do you try every new host out there how many shows do you have out there elsie i do i mean you mean podcast apps is that what you're talking about it's not an app it's a host no dude it's also an app for listening oh right okay yeah remember razzles it's a candy and a gum well this is kind of <laughs> like that 
<laughs> it's like chocolate and peanut butter. Chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, it's two great things that go great together. <sighs> Although, okay, I so yeah. I mean, have we not been burnt enough? Have we not been smacked <laughs> with a stick enough? I feel that we have. We have right. been burned enough. <laughs> and can I go and make another 15 shows that I will not actually have more than three episodes on because I want to play with an app? I mean, I've been staring at this red circle thing now, and I'm like, what could I do with this just to play with it? And I, I, I got nothing. I, I'm out of bandwidth to play with a new app. Maybe down the road, but I'm not going to take – first thing I'm not going to do is import a show there. I'm not going to do that. But, again, the same thing. Now, I haven't done anything with Anchor yet. I mean, there's people are still doing their shit, but there's going to be in, – in you know, how Elsie feels about Facebook – I feel about these free podcasting hosts. I am afraid of the day when Anchor says, get your stuff off of Anchor. We're going to be doing this because we were bought by somebody. Mm. That's what makes me nervous. Well, they were just, yeah, well, they were just born, born, (laughs) bought by Spotify. So I think that what they might do is uh, what I, well, they all, they've always said that they're going to remain free, but you know, I mean, I don't know, but maybe they will at some point charge something i don't know it i think that what it is why these are uh, it's just hard because they this podcast host they are banking on drawing people to them because it's free right if you want a podcast you can start it here and their extra bonus is being able to share promos with other shows like you opt into this and you could play it within it so like you don't even have to do an ad it it already kind of is built in there so you just say yes and then these things come in it's kind of like a built-in ad uh ad stitching technology kind of thing but in order for something like that to work you do have to have the people using it so because only the people who are using that are getting the benefit of using the t- tools. So if there are 100 podcasters using Red Circle, there's only 100 podcasters that you can promote also, because maybe there's some that you don't like. You don't even want, you don't want to have them on the show. Nobody appeals to the people that you are. Like, why would we want them to, why would we want to support, not support, but promote that that show if it you don't like it or it doesn't appeal to your audience? Right, right. So the bigger the pool the the more this would make sense, but they're not going to get more people to do it because I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm lost. I don't, I'm like, well, uh, for me, the thing yeah. with this, with, okay. Right. So anchor put a lot of promotion into getting people to come in and start podcasting. Red circle hasn't done that yet. And then here's the other thing. One, cause we do, uh, you know, on the shows that I do, not this show, but, so we try to do swaps. And the thing that drives me crazy about podcasters, love you podcasters, but you cannot do a 30-second promo. Every promo is a minute, a minute 15, a minute 20, and nobody wants to listen to a promo about another podcast for that long. So you don't want to put that That's in right. your show. So if you could tighten up and do a nice, tight 30-second promo, you could do this amongst yourselves. You could say, hey, this is a show. You could pick your promos that you would like to add into your show. Now, I know that's it's a lot of production that you have to do, and some people can't do production, so I get that too. And this would also do that. But then, how? okay, so I'm doing this podcast on Red Circle. When do these promos come in? Is it a 
pre-roll? Is it a, a you know? Is it at the end? Do they just chop you off in the middle of a sentence and then put in a promo? How does that work here? I don't know that yet. So that's the that's the problem. Yeah, with we, this. We, yeah. yeah you got to wait and see. I guess I'm going to have to play with but, this. Yeah, yeah. It's like that toy you got right, for John. Christmas, but you don't you really do like it. it. But you're like, okay, I'll start playing with it, see if I like it or not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's not a terrible thing, is it? It's the toy that your dad really wanted when he was a kid, but he didn't get it, so he gave it to you, and you're like, "What's this? That's it's that's that's Red Circle." You know what that is for me? Baseball bat. Yeah. See, no interest. Bat. My father, I, as the oldest, I also served as the son in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to look at old cars with him and go to the friggin' batting cage. It was a good time. Good times. Awesome. Anyway. I think we are finished with the news is what I assume. And now we're moving into some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. Guys, I don't know if you've seen this blog post from Pacific Content, which was just acquired, actually. That could have been in the news. But anyway, so Pacific Content writes this. There are like these amazing articles on Medium that they put out. But this one I thought everybody needs to read. In fact, I'm not going to read from it too much. I just want y'all who are listening to go read it. The title of this article is Jimmy and the Magic Pizza Shop. And the reason that I think that this is a brilliant article by Dan Meisner is that he essentially breaks down why podcasting, the podcasting industry has opted in to have to complying to the IAB measurement standards for download numbers. And he does it by creating this lovely metaphor of a business that has free pizza for everybody and the pizza owners wanting to measure how many people are coming to get their pizzas every day and and how that goes so it was very it was a very enlightening article i think he does a fantastic job of explaining minute very technical details about download statistics and why you don't count some things and why this is important for the industry as a whole so that we all know that if you get 100 downloads on podcast host A and podcast host B and podcast host C all have 100 downloads because they have all moved to the IAB IAB, uh, measurement standards, they are all going to be 100. But if somebody doesn't really apply this, there might be fluctuation and why that is the case and why that also means that it doesn't mean that if you were with a host that does not have this kind of filtering, if you were getting 1,000 downloads in that host and then you go to somebody who has put the standards in place with their measurement gets 100, it doesn't mean that you have lost audience. It just means that you are now measuring the best that you possibly can by filtering things that uh, might have been giving you data that is not true. May I say that? So I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, Jess, but I do think it is reading must read for everybody. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Okay. 
so that you guys can geek out on it. It is a kind of a long read. It's an eight minute read. So you do need to kind of sit down and, but it's fun. It's like, it's a fun read because he really does talk about pizza a lot. And who doesn't want to talk about pizza? Fun. You know, I have a question, which would really, and I don't understand why they don't do this because radio stations, uh, they have a, someone that goes out and checks the ratings and then each radio station gets a, a report about what their ratings are. So why isn't that maybe the podcast hosts can publish the downloads for everybody's podcast? Why is that a secret? Why can't they be just published? So when people like advertisers, anybody wants to go look at a podcast, I mean, who's listening to this podcast? Oh, it gets a 200, 135 listeners per episode. Why can't they do that? I think that it's a privacy issue, John. I think it's something that has to do with the but we don't possibly want regular information, business just things, you know, and privacy stuff. Because Libsyn does publish the a way for you to understand who that person, who that specific entity is, in the same way that Apple reports their data, which is minus an identifying specific. It's for this human or this this corporation. I think that if those corporations want to release those numbers, it really is like up to them and we can release. It's kind of like, well, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this, but it's kind of like your taxes. (laughs) I guess they're available, I guess for everybody. I mean, can anybody get your, your stuff? Um, But can they publicly put it out? I I mean, you know, I think that it has to do with privacy issues. Well, I think that basic. Well, okay, so uh, maybe. All right. If you don't care about advertising or you want to advertise in a different way, then you can keep your stats private. But if you're going to accept advertising or something like that, your stats should be right on the front page where everybody can look at. I mean, does that sound? I mean, you can opt into it. But if you're going to have advertisers, your advertisers should be able just to go over and look and say, okay, what's going on here with this podcast? How many downloads are they getting? I, I don't know. It just seems because, sorry to say, podcasts, a lot of podcasters like to game the system. They do. Is no, that... and there's a lot of lying behind the scenes as well. So I'm not sure how I feel like that, about that. I think that uh, yes and no, I guess. And I don't know if I'm saying no because I... Because historically, it's been that we you just don't share people's numbers. Like, that's like an intimate thing. And even though I know people's numbers, like, that's not something I would ever publicly state. It feels like a very – it seems to me that, that I would be bre- breaching privacy rights for somebody if I, as a person, would mention that I have access to, you know, X, Y, and Z. I think that I'm not sure – uh, if if that's the same thing in, in terms of a company or if you do have to have you do have to have permission. Like I definitely know when Rob does share specific show numbers, he gets written or I guess, yeah, written permission from whoever's numbers he is going to be sharing. And they have the onus to be able to say, no, don't do that. The other way that sometimes these things are are approached is also by just redacting the name, you know, where you say like, I know of a very famous podcast that has, you know, millions of downloads. And this is a, and then I could just talk about it from that perspective where I don't really ever name what that is. I don't know what the legalities of this is. Uh, That's also a question for our listeners. I think that that would be really cool for, for them to respond to. Yeah. If you're taking advertising 
that your advertisers should get the real numbers. And if you should not be able to, I don't know, not give them the numbers or do something about send a screenshot of numbers. I mean, you, they should be able to just go over and look. And again, if you don't, if you want to use a private member, you know, listener based, you know, where listeners pay for content or you want to use something different than advertising, then you don't have to. You don't, But you have to, you know, if you're going to take advertising, you should be able to opt in and then people should be able, anybody should go over and be able to look at your download numbers. I don't know. It's just, it's, to me, it just seems it would take a lot of this nonsense out of it. Right. And also, I think that's something that Dan does really well. And it's the number four. If you scroll all the way down in his article, the number four is the one that I think is the reason why this isn't the case. And he says, uh, number four, quote, for brands especially, downloads can't be the only metric of podcast success. Downloads should be part of a holistic view. If you're only focused on downloads, you may have lost sight of the real reason podcasting is such a powerful medium for brands to tell stories and connect with audiences, end quote. So by this is I'm just coming up with this on the fly because I do believe this and this is what I teach. And that's why I'm a little resistant to releasing numbers, because we as a society and I think as a culture view big or more as better and less as not so good. So there might be some shows out there that are viable and they are strong and they are impactful. But in the eyes of the, the corporations, money, advertisers, whatever, that are coming into the scene that might look at a very healthy show that is getting 1,000 downloads per episode per month. For me, that is something you can absolutely monetize. But for something that somebody that's coming from the out, outsider perspective expecting to see 100,000 to 200,000 downloads per episode per month, which is possible, but for most of us in this space, not very much, that is going to immediately dismiss this podcast and its impact because we're not seeing the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. So that's what I think about it. I think that it might hurt the little people more than it more than it would hurt the the larger. And when I'm saying the little people, I'm not talking about, you know, the ones that are just starting out and are getting like in the hundreds. But these are like solid brands that have been built, that have solid followings, that have strong, um, you know, production value. But at that moment, they are, they are not getting 100 to 200,000 downloads per episode per month because that's just not... They're not in the top 20. They're not in the top 10. They're not in the top eight. And so it would dismiss all of that. That's what I think about that. So if it's not the only thing that we can use to measure our podcast, then why are we making such a big deal that a download is a download? And then why are we keeping them so secret? I mean, it just that to me seems like it just contradicts everything about this article. I don't know. Just my thoughts. That's what it is. <laughs> I get it. And on that note. That was an amazing on that, answer. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Well, that's just it. Okay. That's so just the way it is. I think that is. we can change a little bit now and move from this. Unless, Jess, would you like to weigh in on this in any way? I'm sorry for, like, you know, switching us out and not having you speak. No, I'm listening and enjoying you guys talking about it, actually. I don't feel like I have qualifications to add much to this conversation you're the advertising guru that's your wheelhouse advertising i know but the privacy thing 
as a marketer, it's true, but as a marketer, I am eternally grateful for a little less privacy so I could have a little bit more targeted advertising. So I'm a terrible person to ask about this because I'm never going to feel like it's an invasion of my privacy because I don't have anything to fucking hide. Now, I know that there are other perspectives that says, but it's not about hiding. It's about freedom of speech and freedom of privacy. And what if we get run over by zombies or communists? Then all of a sudden they know everything about you. Like, I'll just have to worry about it then. I still won't have anything to hide. I'm clearly the things that I am. I'm not, nor should I ever be accused of being a traitor, a communist, a villain, a criminal. So like, I don't give a shit what information they have about me. I never have. I never will. I'm never doing anything illegal. So I don't give a shit. I don't understand why people give a shit. Like people complain that their Alexa's listening to them talk. Well, what the hell are you saying? Who cares? You don't honestly think that there's, I mean, the people in Amazon, yeah, they are listening so that they can improve Alexa's ability to listen. Not so they can laugh at you and your stupid conversations. They don't care. No one cares about you and your privacy. So I just, it makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah, I know marketing is my thing, but I just can never, I never feel like I can participate in a privacy conversation because I understand the need for privacy and why people like to be private. I understand that like, if you work in a corporate job and you call out sick, you know, that your privacy, you know, that like if my husband calls out sick, you know, he doesn't leave the house because he's sick. And even if he's I'm not going to say he's calls out when he's not sick, but I'm saying if that were to happen for whatever reason with someone, they want their privacy so that no one can find out that they weren't telling the truth. That's fine. That's different. But this is like information about targeting things to you. And why would you want the opposite of what you're interested in? It just makes no sense. Like, why would you want to log on to anything and see all the shit you don't care about? I mean, yes, it's true. I've spent a lot more money on stupid shit because of target advertising (laughs) than I should. But I have a spending problem. That's not an advertiser's fault. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't have a spending problem. But like, yes, I have bought the Shaper Mint. No, I have not tried the Third Love Bra. Yes, I have bought the winged eyeliner that's just a stamp. Yes, I have bought Glossier. Yes, I have bought, you know, there's lots of stuff that I see on Instagram that I'm super excited for. And they know I like it because of the accounts I follow and the stuff I'm doing. And I'm perfectly okay with that because if someone started showing me like fishing, local fishing holes, I would die. I don't want to see shit I'm not interested in. So help me understand why people care about it so much that they can't let their information go to get a better experience. Hello? I'm glad you didn't have anything to say. (laughs) But you see now why I didn't want to say it. But you see now why I I can't ever talk about this. I mean, like I can. I think advertising advertising is important. I, I agree with you. I think it was perfect. It was actually it was yeah. beautiful. Why, thanks. All right. So, yeah, let's just wrap it up. I mean, there's not much going on in the um, for She Podcast Live. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go to ShePodcastLive.com. We're starting to collect sponsorships. There's information on partnerships and podcasts. Partners. Sponsorships and speakers, all that information is on ShePodcastLive.com. So if you want a chance, don't miss it. Also, for those of you sponsors who listen, you don't have to be a woman to be a vendor. I've had a couple of people that I've sent the deck to be like, well, I don't know if my women that work here can carry the booth. Not necessary. Don't need to do that. Not checking at the door. Just come be a vendor. If you want to enjoy some of the sessions, of course, you're welcome. It's not a no penis zone. It's just a safe place for women in a women's conference so please feel free to come we would love to have you even if 
even if it's just an attendee. There are some male attendees that will be joining you. So feel free to sign up. We would love to see you. Anybody. I guess other than that, I mean, I did have a question in the Super Squad this week about engagement. Um, but you know what? If you want to know what all my engagement tricks are, you can join the Super Squad. Shippodcast.com <laughs> forward slash Patreon. It's $5 a month and, and it's not very much money. And then in there, you'll see my list of all the different ways you can engage. So guess what? I twisted that one around, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, my God. Okay. Next week, Elsie is going to be talking about a new microphone that she's going to be reviewing and whatever else crazy ass news that comes up thank you guys so much for listening find us on twitter instagram and facebook at she podcast you can also find us on our website ShePodcast.com. you can also email us info or feedback at ShePodcast.com. thank you guys so much for listening we love you mean it bye <laughs>